Okay, segment number three for episode 21, season three. This one is Navajo Nation's judicial joke system. My point about this segment is that um, the many upsetting and disappointing failures of the um, court system uh, is like being hard on law-abiding citizens as many corrupt criminals barely get dealt with. And so that's pretty much my whole point about this segment. And also another, um, another thing I want to talk about is that the, um, the DNA legal services, uh, I don't know, building it's pointless to have that. I think, because, um, if you go over there now, the doors are locked, but you see vehicles there and it says this building is, is closed to the public or something like that until further notice. And what DNA stands for? Ah, shit, I don't even remember. They're so minute that um, they're not even a blimp on the radar, excuse me. And um, it's just kind of like pointless because when you go over there and you try to ask them a question, the first thing they'll tell you is, uh, we're not, you know, let's see. Oh, we don't give legal advice. And it's like, then what good are you? Why are you here? Why do you even exist, you know? And, um, that's where not everybody can afford to have a lawyer. Cause if you try to get a lawyer, it's a hundred dollars an hour just to talk to this person, you know, and you know, that's fine and dandy, but, um, the way the court system is run, shit, it ain't even worth having. And the other reason why uh, I'm talking about what a joke this system is, is because back in, uh, August of 2017, I was getting this nonprofit ready. I was trying to raise money. So that way we could become more, um, we could have some money to buy more merchandise and kind of let potential donors know that we are trying to make money for ourselves on our own. And, um, and I was getting tired and I was burning out because I was like, damn, why isn't anybody helping me? You know, no matter how many times I ask them for help. So finally, uh, for August's meeting, this bucktooth little witch, uh, that was in the audience. Um, she was also an army veteran, a disgraceful one, I'd say. And, uh, she came up and she asked me, she goes, or no, she told me, she goes, well, I can help you. I can help you sell those shirts. And I was really relieved to hear this because I thought, oh man, finally someone understands all the work I'm doing. Um, finally someone gets it. I was saying to myself, and so this is where I screwed up. I gave her the money. Yeah, you say, well, how could you do that? Well, I did, you know, I wasn't really thinking about it. And um, I gave her the shirts. She said she was going to go down to Sanders, a laundromat and sell from there. And then I said, okay, well, you're going to, while being down there, I'll give you this banner so you can hang it up and uh, people know what it is you're selling and, you know, kind of help me out that way. Well, as time went on, I did not hear from her. So finally got to the point where I wrote to her through Facebook messenger. I said, all right, if I can't hear from you, I'm pressing charges and going to the police. And, um, so when I did that, I also made sure to take screenshots of the conversations me and her had the phone calls that we had. And not only that, but I did have the pictures of all the, uh, stuff that we brought or that I brought in actually like the t-shirts, the banner and all that stuff. So all that was documented and 
you know, did the police report, wrote up on her. Um, they sent me to the uh, white collar crime unit and those guys were the bomb man. they really helped me out. And so right now I really don't, I'm not really seeking their help right now because um, I'm just kind of like way too fucking busy to really kind of go back to them and ask them for helps. But um, I'll, I'll get back to it. And then, um, so that's where, you know, you fast forward through the uh, coronavirus. And finally, about a year later, after we were supposed to originally have our hearing, they sent me a letter through the mail and they said, now it's going to be like a tele, tele, was it telephonic hearing. So when the judge finally came on, this is where this asshole Malcolm Begay gets in there, gets involved. Um, he was asking me what I'm, what it is that I was doing. And I just told him, I said, man, all I'm trying to do is just, you know, get our stuff back. That's it. And he started asking me questions about it. And so I was reading to him off of the form that, um, this is what it's about. But he, I think he purposely twisted everything to make it sound like I didn't know what the hell I was talking about afterwards, but I did get frustrated. And by the end of it, he goes, well, I see no reason to carry this further. And he, he killed it. So I was like, fuck you. You know, that's why to this day, I don't have a respect for this asshole, but I would like to get him out of the courtroom office. And, you know, and as far as that buck tooth little witch with her fucking mole above her ugly fucking eye is that, um, she had sent a snake into the house. And I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, that, that week we were supposed to have that court hearing and she was nervous as shit, you know? So she hired her little, uh, witchcraft, her buddies. And then that morning, my mom was walking to the kitchen. Then she goes, she goes, Oh, there's a snake. And then me and my brother, we, we kind of jumped up and I was, we all right away, all of us knew who it was, but, uh, we finally got that bull snake out of there. And then we're like, yep, you know, that's gotta be her. So it didn't matter what rituals we were, was going to be performed. She was, uh, she already had that situation to where the judge already had an attitude on him. And I could tell, man, if you were to listen to that conversation that day, you would have been like, wow, what a fucking asshole. And I would have been like, yeah, you know, what the hell's this dude's problem? Because mostly everybody, at, I don't really deal with court systems, you know, but um, mostly everybody that I know, family, relatives, especially in the big cities, when they go to court, the judge is genuine, generally understanding of everybody's plight, you know, claimant, defendant, or whatever the words they use, plaintiff and all that. Um, so the way this guy handles himself is very unprofessional, man. And um, I was like, if this dude wants to have this attitude and he's supposed to supposedly knows how people are, then he should know that those are fighting words. And if he wants to fight oh man, I'd be more than happy to indulge in that, you know, I don't even care if we use a uh, boxing gloves or not, man, I'd sure like to knock him around. So, so the whole thing is that, um, the, the buck little bitch, um, she thought she got away with this, but from over time since that happened, her life has been crumbling. And every now and then I'll hear stories about gunshots or at her place and, um, family members dying and, there was a report that um, one of her late grandmothers, uh, not by blood, well, I guess by blood, 
but not directly. It was like a nulla or something like that. I was telling someone else who told me that that little bitch, uh, she ended up forging her grandfather's name to get a car. And then I think it was Social Security Administration or, uh, I don't know, some some government entity found out about it. So now they're after her ass. And I was like, good, you know. So she may have thought that, you know, she got one over on me. And it's like, you're really proud of stealing from veterans and happy that you got away with it when you're a veteran yourself. And, you know, I could easily release her name and I could easily, you know, put her on blast on, a, you know, social media. But the reason why I haven't done that yet is because I love hearing how she's struggling and I love the fact that she's trying to make a living for herself and she's, she ain't really getting anywhere. So she's not really a problem right now. The problem is this judge. He's the reason why things aren't working out on the reservation. And if you were to say, well, Mateo native ravager, that's like that everywhere. I'm like, that's true. And think about why that's true. It's because nobody's standing up. Everybody's just accepting it. Everybody's just turning over for these judges, pulling down their pants and taking it up the butthole. And they're accepting it of that. That's why, you know, assholes like this Malcolm Begay exists. And there's nothing special about this guy. He's not honorable. If you were to actually have a conversation with him, you'd see what I'm talking about. You'd know what I'm talking about. So my, my job, I guess is that um, to learn as much as I can so that way I can uh, file a report and get him the hell off the bench. But the problem with that lies in his um, his administration, I guess. You know, the lady, the dumbass ladies that work at the courthouse, they, the human resources department, um, what was that lady's name? Uh, something Wanika and yellow hair. Levon, Levon yellow hair, Levon Wanika. I think it was Levon Wanika and something yellow hair. They are purposely avoiding me. And I did send the emails to them, but the, some people that I talk to, they say, well, the court system, they don't, what was it? They don't deal directly with the public, but they can't really do anything to their own kind or or something like that. So they're covering for their boy, which is fine. I really don't give a shit, but it's just, um, it's just kind of making me understand how this whole thing's working now. So without them giving me the silent treatment, I never would have found out, you know, I never would have pursued as much as I am right now. But now that they're giving me the silent treatment, I'm like, Oh, okay. So, you know, I'd say I'm finding out more and more and sooner or later, this thing will be exposed you know, for, uh, how it's really run and how it really is. And when that happens, uh, I just really hope that more people understand that they can take charge on the reservation. They may be, you know, not as educated as someone who went through like Harvard law school, but they know what's right and wrong. And are they really going to need some piece of trash like Malcolm Begay to tell them, that they're wrong or they're innocent or they're right or whatever. And that's where, you know, when you look at the, the political system, 
you know, that's how the, like, like I say, the, uh, veterans agency, the commanders, they're all in for it just to get rid of the executive director. And here I am trying to tell them, you know, you don't really need to do that. You know, in the meantime, well, I mean, yeah, they, they, they can do that. They know that's their choice, their prerogative and all that. But in the meantime, raise some money, um, have something to show for all this that you're complaining about. And the judicial system, not judicial, the political system has them all basically turned into sheep where they don't want to stand up and fight back or anything. And for me, I'm like, you know, if this Judge Malcolm Begay was so honorable, how come he's never put an end to uh, the human trafficking that's going on? Not unless he's a part of it, you know, and even then he's just a worthless pile of garbage. You know, there's nothing special about this man. And if anything, if uh, if you were to hear the way he talks, you would be saying, oh, this asshole wants to fight me. You know, what the hell did I do? You know, and then you're going to want to fight him back. And that is not how a judge is supposed to be, man. And I did talk to this other judge at one time. Uh, I, I went to a dinner where I thought it was for veterans, but it was actually for her because she be, she went from like uh, Navajo, some kind of like Navajo Nation judge and became a county judge. So, I, you know, I, I met her, I talked to her, I kind of asked her about this asshole. And she says, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. There, there were times where I'd hear him yelling into his phone, yelling at people. She goes, and, you know, I really can't do anything other than um, if someone were to write up on him, then we could take legal action, but nobody has written up on him. So that's where I'm coming in. I'm trying to be the first one basically to write up on him, not unless somebody else already has, but the, uh, those, his, his two hags that work at the, uh, the courthouse, they're protecting him. You know, like I said, they don't want whatever stake they have in, in how this guy is being a judge. Maybe they're being paid off. You know, that, that ain't too uncommon, but, um, <clears throat> for what it's worth, you know, it's kind of definitely you know, worth bringing up, worth talking about. And, you know, if this guy don't like me, that's fine. You know, shit, we could, you know, meet face to face and I'll say, Hey, I'm right here. You, you got something to say, you know? <clears throat> um, but I I'd prefer if we ever fought, man, that I'd prefer him to take the first punch, hit me in the face, the nose, the eyes, whatever. That way it'll be okay for me to whoop his ass and throw him around and shit like that. So but, you know, and like I said, you know, it's just a broken judicial system. This is how it's making me think. And, you know, yeah, it might be an unhealthy way to think. But you know what? They cause this shit to happen. And all I'm trying to do is express it. And I'm being very therapeutic because I'm using the podcast and I'm getting it out of my system. And, you know, this is just my my views. And if somebody has a different view that says... Oh, I know this guy, Judge Malcolm Begay. He's a good man and he done this and that. And I'm like, all right, well then come on the podcast, come and talk about it. And hell, we'll dedicate a whole segment to it. And, you know, we'll see where we come up at, 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 at the end of it, you know? So, um, so that's what I'm just saying is the whole judicial system is just a joke. You know, the criminals get away with it. Pretty much the criminals are running the court system and all the law-abiding citizens that are trying to do the right thing, they're the ones that get in the shaft, man. 
They're the ones going to jail. They're the ones that have to pay the child support. They're the ones that lose their home. They're the ones that get their kids taken away, you know. And I really noticed this as I've gotten older is that women, you know, they, they're, I'm I'm talking about the real woman, the mother that really loves her children. There's very, they're very um, terrified of having their kids taken away from them by the state, by, by any type of legal representation. You know, they just don't want to do that. They'd rather struggle with their kids than have them taken away and live in a different home where, where what they were trying to provide is already there. So, um, anyways, so that's pretty much what my whole point about this whole joke judicial system is, you know, we could all pretty much just go ahead and, you know, just break the laws, breaking the law all all over the place. And, um, you know, it probably really wouldn't matter, you know, (laughs) it's just basically one of them, uh, thoughts that I have that's just, you know, Uh, Being part of this whole, um, this whole, uh, the way the coronavirus stopped everything and made people reflect and look at things. Well, now that it started, everything started back up after this thing, uh, pretty much after the government has decided it's done its thing. um, The court system, that's something that we need to really start looking at and, um, you know, uh, see what we can do by showing the court that we, the people, are sick and tired of asshole judges like Malcolm Begay and want to get rid of them. So anyways, that's what I want to say about that. Now let's go ahead and jump on to our fourth subject of the night. This one is Moonbase. Moonbase. <laughs> 